In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You are advised that any view expressed by the host or their guest are not necessarily the views of the owners or management of Toginet Radio, Togi Entertainment, or the Owners Group, Inc. us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the everyone welcome to another edition of ghost chronicles live with no opening because we didn't hear it uh, i am ron kolig your host the gatekeeper to the realm of the unknown the unexplained and the unbelievable new england's own van helsink with me my co-host psychic investigator for the new england ghost project the queen of pain hello how you doing i'm uh, just ducky what happened to the opening i i don't know i don't know what's going on it irritates me because I'm anal now, hanging around you. Hey, don't be blaming me. I Well, okay, I have been known to be occasionally. Hey, what are you doing? I just want to see if we're broadcasting or not. All Here right, we are. We are, we are. so there. Anyways, uh, so where have you been? What have you been up to? Uh, I've been traveling to uh, Delaware for work. Oh, speaking about Delaware, you had some fun down there, huh? Yes, I did. You went to... What, Delaware Walker or something? What, Delaware. Yeah. Um, I went there on the Thursday night before I left. Cool. And it was, it was a pretty active place for going there around 5 o'clock at night, you know. Um, and I really didn't do a lot of research on it because someone had just told me about it a couple of days before. And I kept saying, ah, I'm not going to go. It's probably too far away, you know, and probably in a bad area, whatever. And, and then I show up and at, this, at work. I said, yeah, I'm going to check it out. It was about six minutes away from work. Six really? or ten minutes, so I'll how could I not yeah. go? Yeah. Don't throw away. Yeah, well, maybe a little longer, but Anyways. anyway, it was a very interesting place. They have all reenactors that are all dressed up around the place, and, you know, if you ask a real question from them, they have to take their hat off to tell you the real question. Huh? Yeah, I know. It's some goofy thing. What? They dress up in period of clothing at the, the Civil War time, um, and you have the Confederate soldiers, you have, uh, you know, guards, you have, you know, women who are there tending to clothes and so forth. And what happens is they're, they're in their natural speak. So if you talk to them, they'll tell you stories of the Civil War uh-huh. as if it's going on now. Uh-huh. But if you had a question that was today, you ask them to take their hat off, and then they can talk to you. Whatever. Whatever. I know it's goofy, but it was interesting nonetheless. Yeah, 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 yeah. So what do they wear, boxes or briefs? I wouldn't know because I didn't look. I start, you know. No Scottish guys? No, no Scottish guys. Uh, anyways, I was on uh, Spooky South Coast. Woo! 
Woo-hoo. Yeah, two-hour drive to freaking wherever it was, in the Earth. The end of the Earth. Just about. It was in the well, Bridgewater Triangle. I kept going. I thought I was going to... Well, you don't like driving in Boston area anyway, right? I, w- I, I drove right to Boston. I was a big boy. That's right. I sucked it up and did it. Well, I'm proud of you. Yeah. And anyways, that, w- that was pretty cool, actually. Uh, I did a two-hour show with him. Richard was on, which was like three... He started at three o'clock in the morning. Oh, my God. So that man is... He got done at five o'clock Amazing. Yeah. yeah. Especially like last week on this show and be going to bed when it's like 2 in the morning, you know, just to be on the show was very but nice. I was extremely surprised because uh, some of our listeners actually uh, listened because they called in. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Uh, so Bob who, and who Leslie. In? Bob and Leslie. And yeah. Bob called in, Leslie, and uh, uh, Paratom. Paratom. Paratom called in. Oh, that was great. And that's congratulations great. to Paratom for his new investigative group, the Paratom Investigators, I guess. So, big kudos to you, Paraton. In your guns. In your guns? Yeah, he's got arms like freaking. Really? Yeah. So you're, you're you're afraid of him? Is that what you're saying? No, I'm thinking you know maybe uh, he'd be a good person to take along when I deal with you. Oh, all right, enough of that. Uh, On to our guest. <laughs> anyways, uh, speaking about guests, we have uh, a good friend of ours who met. Well, I guess we. Call a good friend. We met. We had a great time with her. So that sounds awful, doesn't it? Well, anyway, coming from what you said, yes. Without further ado, <laughs> let's bring on Lane Crosby. Laney, Laney, Laney. I would be honored to be called a good friend. Oh, thank you. <laughs> hey, Laney. Hey, how are you doing? Doing very good. I can't yeah, wait what? to see you all again next week. But oh. Yeah, it's not that far away, is it? No, it's not. On the twenty-second. Big day planned. Yeah. So, anyways, people who don't know you, and I don't know who wouldn't, uh, why don't you do a little bio for us to to keep us, you know, up to date? Well, I am an investigative medium, and I work with police and law enforcement and families to find missing persons. And I also work on, um, I work a lot with Mark Nesbitt. He's my business partner, and together we own the Ghost Channel at ghostchannel.tv. Um, which we're streaming this live now on the Ghost Channel. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I think the last live time we went live, that station went out of business. <laughs> oh, stop. I, let, well, let, let Lainey talk. Okay, fine. <laughs> so um, we, we work together in um, Gettysburg. We do a lot of events together, and um, I do a lot of in- investigative work um, for, on historical investigations. And I also work with archaeologists and historians to find out what happened long ago. Um, and I love it. But this only happened to me. It started, I think, on our last show we talked about how this started just a few years ago when I moved to Maryland. So I haven't had this all my life. or haven't had all the abilities that I have now all my life. Um, it's just been recently. Really? It is. I used to... So you're, like, born again. I'm born again. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you're just going to start all kinds of problems, aren't you? I, 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 I don't know. <laughs> a little little play on words. But anyway, um, so, so right, I think I'm trying to recall, but I remember you saying that it had been a few years ago and then you started getting um, someone's trying to communicate with you or? Website. Yeah. Oh. And you can go on um, lanecrosby.com. That's L-A-I-N-E, Crosby, like Bean, C-R-O-S-B-Y.com. And I, 
I have um, an excerpt from my upcoming book there that talks about how it all first happened to me. And oh, cool. Moving to this old plantation, and I heard a woman say to me, um, I, what did she say first? She said, I had a son about the same age as yours. Really? She told me her name, and um, I was asleep, and I started to wake up as she spoke to me more because her voice was louder than the voices that you normally hear when you're sleeping in your dreams. And once I realized I was talking to her, I said, what is your name? And she said, Jeanette. And I was wide awake, and I thought, whoa, you know, I've made contact here. And ever since then, I, I understood how to, how to do that better. Um, and I know, Maureen, you've had this ability. You've had your ability your whole life, haven't you? Right. I mean, it's, things change, and, you know, and I'm sure, as, as with you, you might notice some differences, and, and, you know, when you're learning something new, or it just it seems to grow at certain times, and for whatever reason, just Sort of like change. a what, huh? No, not like a what. You're like more like the what, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, so, I, you know, I think that's fantastic. And as far as, um, when does your book come out, Lainey? Oh, gee, my publisher would like to know that right now. <laughs> he is waiting on me. I'm three weeks late on a bunch of stuff. Um, I'd like to have it finished by the end of the year. And, and what's the title of this book going to be? Hopefully next summer. It's going to be Investigative Medium, The Awakening. Ah, The Awakening. The Awakening. You know what? That was the title of my first chapter of my first book. Oh, really? It's the, the title Awakening. Of the chapter of my book, too. <laughs> How do you like that? Great minds running the same gutter. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you're just so lucky, Lainey. <laughs> oh. You know what's funny, too, is Molly's book, her book is second the book is called Awakening. The Awakening, too. yeah. Look what I started. You just got all kinds of problems. Yeah. Yeah, there there's some similar books with that name. That So mine will run in a series. Um, so I'll have different subtitles, and The Awakening will be the subtitle. At, at least that's my, that's my working title now. That's the goal, anyways. Yeah, my publisher likes that, so I'm, I'm hanging on to it. <laughs> now, so, do you consider yourself a investigator first or a medium first? Um, well, that's a that's a good question. I'm really um, I do this to investigate. I, I don't sit down and, and give people readings and tell them what to do with their lives. I use this to investigate, and people ask me so many times, um, you know, could you tell me this or could you tell me this, and I'll say. You know, I'm given information I need to have at that point in time, and I'm usually given information that, well, a lot of information I don't necessarily need to have, but it might pertain to um, a serial killer or to some investigation. Really? Or to, yeah. So, or to some place I'm going to be investigating. Um, so it, it's really a hybrid, but um, I use my abilities as a medium do this like I was just working on a murder case right now um, while I was waiting on the phone and for example I I told the police everything I saw but then I said okay now if I were going about this um, I'm back I'm backing into it because I'm seeing the murderer's friends and where his friends hang out and what his friends do and where his friends are and where the body is so I would Ooh. go to the friends so um, that's kind of how I have it work if I just however I see it happening um, I'll say, well, this is my, this is what I see, and this is how I think that you could utilize this information best. But of course, it's, it's not up to me because I don't go find the people. I just pass that information on. You know, it's funny, Lenny. Uh, you brought that up. You you said people ask you for certain things, you know, and you said you really don't do that. You only get 
the information you need to know, right? It's I, I never realized it, but until we started doing this job, how many people who have uh, awakenings or or coming out of the closet that that look for answers and need help uh, from those who are out there and established. I know that uh, we get tons of emails all the time, and of course they send them to me, which I have no clue why. But anyway, it, it really it, it's such a good thing that that you do something like that and, and you come uh, to the forefront. So and and you, and you make yourself media friendly so that that people's answers can be uh, answered, people's questions can be answered. I guess. Well, well, thank you. And you know, I felt the same way when this happened to me. I was I was horrified. I didn't want it. I felt like it was a curse. I just wanted it to go away. And I drove to Barnes and Noble and I looked through what seemed like a thousand books. And I found only books on how to become more psychic. Nothing said shut it off. Here's your answer. Um, it, it was horrible. I wanted it to go away. And eventually, I surrendered to it and realized this was a gift. And I wouldn't want it taken away now. And I'm very happy. But um, there are those who, uh, like when it came on to came to me, I didn't know how to use it necessarily. It was all coming so fast, and I couldn't stop it. I couldn't change it. But since then, I have heard of so many people who had the same um, scenario, the same situation happen to them. And I do. I want to help them. I'm hoping I can help them through this book. Well, there are a lot of reasons um, for the book. I want to help them understand and not be afraid of it and to be able to talk about it more because a lot of people come up to me and whisper, you know, Mm-hmm. You know, I, I I have it too, you know, <laughs> but they don't want to be outed in public. <laughs> well, but, you know, I mean, you bring up a good point. It's sometimes it's very difficult when you say outed in public. I mean, I'm sure when you started, you know, this is something new, and so maybe your family or the people you know, I mean, how did they react when you started telling them what was going on? Um, <laughs> my, my family, as far as my husband and my kids, um, this all started together, so they were seeing and hearing too. Not as much as me, but they saw what was happening to me. And they, my husband said, I've always, you know, always been kind of clairvoyant or been able to do remote viewing. So he understood it, and he was very oh, accepting good. of it, which was wonderful. Now my brother and sisters will not discuss it with me, <laughs> but um, the friends who have known me for years and years have said, you know, I don't believe in this stuff. I don't even believe in ghosts, but. If you say it's true, then you know it's got to be true because I'm really pretty pragmatic. Hmm. Now, I mean, and that's a good thing. So you say it, but now I hear something, too, is like, you know, your sister and your brothers and stuff, they won't talk to you about it. So do you think that they don't because maybe they're afraid of it or more than they're not believing? Um, I think with one, it has to do with religion and can't, uh, uh, doesn't understand it the way I do. I think another one... Um, she has abilities, and for my brother, I know he has abilities because I've seen them, and they are profound, and it scares him. He was where I was before, and he doesn't like to really talk about it. Yeah. So, well, I mean, to me, and I know I'm sure you must feel the same way, like I heard it when you were saying at the beginning, you know, that at first you were terrified you wanted it to go away, and then now it's like you don't want it to, you understand it's a gift. I mean, you know, I, I sit there and I think, and I go, okay, I know people don't understand it, but... I used to even say to Ron when I came with the, just started with the group years ago, and we used to have big battles, by the way, and I used to tell him, you know, what's Ooh. the point? You and I, and I used to say to him, you know, what's the point if we can't help somebody? You know, if, if you can't help somebody with it, if you can't show, you know, 
do something that's positive. I mean, what is the point of being able to have an ability that just sits there and does no, has no purpose? Exactly. I, I, I feel the same way. Um, a lot of times random information would come to me, and I would think, why, why did this happen? But it did tell me, you know, there is a plan, and the future, although a lot of the future is not determined, um, I feel like when I hear some hear about what's going to happen in the future, or I know that something's going to happen, or I'm told. Like, for example, Carol called me today, and she said, I know you don't remember this, but about a month ago, you said um, you were meditating, and you saw me, and you heard an ambulance coming, and you wanted to let me know that something was coming up, but everything was going to be okay. But just to watch out, because I needed to pay attention to health issues. And I said, okay, it took me a while, and then I realized, yeah, I guess I do remember that. And she said, well, you know, we had to call an ambulance for someone um, last week. And she said, and that was, that was my way of, you were giving me a heads up sort of to know about it. And she had remembered that. I don't always remember these things. But it also showed that, you know, things are set out to happen and they happen. And it is part of, either part of a plan or that um, my guides know where they're taking me. You know, I can trust them. Mm-hmm. There are events in the future that are planned out, and um, I'm supposed to go and do these things. Now, that, let me, that happened to you. Did that make does that make sense? Yeah, it, well, it does. It does make sense. And you know, I'm just curious. Like you say, you see, and I know you hear the spirits, but if for our listeners out there, um, can you explain maybe, you know, how when you see something, what it looks like, or when you hear them, what does it seem like to you? Um, just so they'll get an idea of. Because so many different mediums work different ways. Yeah, I, actually, that's a good question. Uh, do you actually hear the spirits, or are you just cognizant? Um, both, actually. Um, when it first started, it was very difficult to hear them like voices. I had to concentrate hard. Now I don't have to concentrate. I just, I just hear them. But, um, and I literally hear them in my head. Um, I may hear their accent. I may hear their deep voice or their high voice. Um, but it comes in like a thought. And in the beginning, that was hard to determine the difference, unless it was information I had no way of knowing. Now I can clearly understand the different voices, the different dialects, and what they're saying. And I know that it's not my thought, um, just from doing this so much in practice. But I also, um, and this is the only way I know how to express it, I feel like somebody has stuck a flash drive in me and just booted me up. And all that information on the flash drive that is available on your computer when you do the same thing, instantly you have all this information. That's, that's how I feel. I mm-hmm. feel like instantly I have this information. And if I were to tell you, it might take me 10 minutes to tell you. But there is there's no, I guess, no time, space, continuum things. I may see a video in my head that takes a couple seconds. Right. But it may seem like it's taking 30 seconds to play out. It goes over a, a longer period of time. So... It's hard to equate time with what I'm getting and how fast I'm getting it. Um, So I do hear and I do feel it inside, and I also feel it physically, empathically. Um, Sometimes I wonder if my, you know, someone's telling me the truth. And I'll listen and I won't hear anything, and I'll ask my guides and I won't hear anything, but I'll just have a feeling in my stomach that tells me yes or no if something's right to do or wrong to do. Or if something's happened, if somebody's been in a wreck, I don't necessarily hear, you know, that my parents have been in a wreck. I feel that. It's sudden knowledge, and it's physical knowledge. Right. 
And as far as seeing spirits, I I know because my daughter sees them very vividly. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't see them like she does unless I'm completely exhausted and it's the middle of the night. I think my brain waves are altered. And I have a funny story about that. Um, um, Mark Nesbitt and our group, they kind of tease me sometimes because um, I don't see them. I see them in my mind's eye. Yep. And I'll look at them and I'll talk to them like I'm looking at them, but I won't be seeing anything in the room. I'll just see it in my head. And we were Do you just, talk to them physically? Yes. Oh, that drives me nuts. <laughs> Don't get well, over it, Ron. Oh, my God. Do you really? <laughs> you mean in, the, in my head or out loud? Out loud. Well, I do when I'm with the group, and I try to practice doing that so people will know what's going on around them. Oh, Otherwise, my I God. When you pray, do you pray out loud or do you pray to yourself? To myself. Do you ever pray out loud? Only in church. Well, we pray out loud, though, right? It makes no sense. It's a choice. Exactly. It makes no difference, really. Right. It's no different at all. It's a choice. Do you want to it's, say it out loud? Wait, 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 wait. wait. It, it, there, is a, there is a choice. I mean, it, there is a difference. Not really. One, you look like an idiot. The other one, you look You don't dumb. look like an idiot. Not if you're there and the purpose is she's trying to Perfect. actually make people around her and, and, and by the way, Lainey, I don't mean anything that's personal. This is just oh, my this own. Is just oh, this no. Is just, no, this is just one of my pet peeves. It's oh. just like I, I went on an investigation with another group one time, and the, the lady went there, and she talked to a freaking China cabinet, and it drove me up a wall. You oh, know? no. I, I, I think we're on the, we're both saying the same thing on the same page. I, would, I don't do it unless um, I'm, my purpose is to be a medium with the group. And I'm telling the group what they're saying, and then I'll say something out loud because they'll say, "Oh, ask him this or ask him that." Oh yeah, yeah, say, yeah. That's cool. Ask, that's cool. You know? That's definitely cool. I, I, I can understand it, but you you can get where I'm coming from, though, right? Yeah, I've seen friends do it, and they, they look like they're schizophrenic or something. Yeah, and it doesn't mean that they're, they're not really, you know, doing what they they say they're doing. It just looks freaky. That's all. I mean, I, I it's really. Whatever. No, I understand. I, I, I thought you. So were if you do that in Gettysburg when I come down there, I might laugh. Well, you won't because I'll be telling you what they're saying, and then, then you can talk. You can ask them directly, and then I'll just tell you what they said. Yeah. What, what if I told you what they said? That would be fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> Are you a medium too, Ron? No, I'm oh, a okay. dumb psychic. Oh, brother! Here we go again. <laughs> Well, I know. Ask if he's channeled before, Lainey. Oh, in what way? Have you channeled before? Yes, he has. I'll tell you. I'll, I'll respond for him since he's really? just sitting here going, should I say it? Should I not? Should I say it? Mr. Well, Scientist? I Mark? was getting back to our guest. Yeah, see? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh, I can't wait till the 22nd. No, 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 no. It, you it, never it, know. It's different. It's totally different. But I will have to admit one thing. I talked to... Uh, Carol Nesbitt, who's Mark's wife, and uh, for, for those who don't know who we're talking about, we're talking about Mark Nesbitt, who I consider Mr. Gettysburg. He's written several books, including The Ghost of Gettysburg. He's run the uh, Gettysburg, I can't even say it, Gettysburg, the Gettysburg Tours. Uh, yeah, flight walking tours. Yeah, when, when you think of uh, uh, Gettysburg, you think of Mark Nesbitt. He's been on Travel Channel, Discovery, I mean, everywhere. Now, talk about funny things. You see the one where he wore that pop coat and hat. Now, that cracked me up. Was that on our show? On no, that show? was on a, on a travel channel or something. They, I talked to Mike about it. They actually made him wear a, a top coat and a hat, uh, and it was, like, so not Mike, so it was funny. 
That's so funny. I don't remember that. Oh, you don't? I'm oh, you got to see it, Lainey. I'm it's so funny. It. <laughs> but, but anyways, we are going down to Gettysburg next weekend, not this coming weekend, but the following weekend, uh, and we will be doing some ghost hunts with you guys at the uh, – uh, Daniel Lady Farm, also the ghost of Gettysburg headquarters, which is also haunted. And uh, we're also having a dinner down there, and uh, th- that's going to be a lot of fun. The dinner is fun. It's almost like a roast, the way I, I consider it. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, anyways, uh, let me just. So, anyways, the ghost of Gettysburg, and you can uh, find out about those events from our website, which is anyghostproject.com. So, sorry to interrupt you, Lady. Did you just digress? You like went off on a tangent. You I know, talked, I do that. You were talking about. Explaining who Mark Nesbitt was because of your reasoning for what you were going to say prior and your channeling that came out, you just want to change the subject completely. You know what's really funny? Because when we used to be on WCCM, they used to always say, good, again, good, thing, good thing Mario's with you, the real UN. And I kind of understand that now. Uh, so, anyway. Oh, sure. So, Lady, how are you doing? <laughs> God. I'm enjoying this. I'd like to be the interviewer. This is getting really interesting. <laughs> No, you don't. This is this is so sad. It really is. <laughs> sad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're like the saddest radio hosts in the world. Why? Because we argue all the time. Oh, because we just go off and. Yeah, whatever. you go off on a tangent. Fine. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, we're talking about Laney. So we yes, Laney. We, we, we were talking. We were talking about. Um, she was talking about how she hears things sometimes. And also, she speaks to the spirit, but mm-hmm. when she's with the group, but that that actually makes sense. I understand uh, you physically speaking, although I I may laugh. It's still, uh, yeah, I understand it. It's like Maureen with her pendulum. I mean, she does that and gets yes and no answers, so that I can the rest of the group can actually physically see that. Fine. Right. So. And I'll tell you something, Lainey, Not to interrupt, and I apologize. What do you mean? You've been doing all day. I know, but hey. Um, when we did a, the first few into, um, investigations, right, with Ron, and I started off the pendulum, and, of course, hearing him telling him, okay, and I started giving him information, and he looked at me and he said, where are you getting that from? That's, that's not a pendulum. That You can't ask. That's not a yes or no. You, you, you can't get that from a pendulum, you know? And what the whole point was is that was years ago, so Ron has grown since then, and he's, I think and he's actually experienced much himself. Physically. Well, that's the so, whole thing. I'm, I'm there to explore the unknown. I know. Even if I don't believe in it, I at least know. I should explore it, and I do. So I think it's great. So, um, But I think it's great. I, I wouldn't think you're crazy, Lainey. Not at all. Well, I use a pendulum, too. Oh, very cool. Yeah, see? Um, very cool. Yeah. It's great because sometimes there are just, especially in Gettysburg, I don't really have this issue other places where there haven't been Civil War hospitals or, um, you know, lots, thousands of people die at the same time, but... Um, in the situation where it's Gettysburg is Lady Farm, there are just hundreds and hundreds of spirits there, and they're all talking. It's like walking into the Omni in a concert. Right. Oh, wow. And I'm, I'm trying to think with one of them. And so I'll ask for that specific officer, whoever tells me, you know, I'll, he'll give me a name, and I'll ask just for him to come through. And then I can use the pendulum, and it's almost like turning the knob of the radio and getting the right station perfectly so you don't hear any of the background noise anymore. And when they touch my hand to move the pendulum, I'm able to sink in with their energy and just concentrate on that one spirit so it's not as noisy. Is it, do you feel the same way? Yeah, you know, all I know is that for me anyway, um, it's similar, but when I go down to Gettysburg, it's very overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is. It's like a lot of noise. It's like a lot of chatter and yelling and a lot of voices at once, especially 
I've had it going to sleep, trying to sleep, and it's like they're all running over to you going, oh, my God, she can see us. Look, look, you know, and it's like, oh, oh my God, you know, you don't get a minute rest. Oh. Well, we have to take a break right break. now. You're going to hang on, Laney, right? Yeah. You are listening to the Ghost Chronicles Live on Net. I am Ron Cohen. She is Maureen Wood. We'll be right back up the following message. Vault is open. You're listening to the Haunted Headlines, your source for the stories making waves in the paranormal news. Sponsored by GhostVillage.com at www.ghostvillage.com backslash news. Good evening, I'm Chris Balzano and you're listening to the return of the Haunted Headlines, Ghost Village's somewhat weekly journey around the paranormal newswire to bring you the biggest stories affecting the ghost community. This week, we're starting on the police blotter, as two different groups of ghost hunters were caught illegally trespassing in the Northeast. The first comes out of the famous haunted town of Salem, Massachusetts, where the Salem News reports three teenagers from nearby Revere, Mass, were caught trying to break into Old Salem Jail. The property is currently under construction, with a location, long the home of ghost sightings and stories, will be turned into an apartment complex. The three reportedly jumped the fence looking to confirm the haunted rumors. No details have been released on the future of the charges for the trespassers. The second comes out of Cedar Grove, New Jersey, where another abandoned building, this time the Essex County Hospital Center, was the scene of the crime. Six investigators between the ages of 18 and 29 were caught in the hospital and charged with trespassing and obstruction of administration of the law, according to Philly.com. At press time, it was unclear whether the group were a group of investigators or someone who was running a tour on a location that is historically known to be haunted in the area. We are also currently looking for more information on a group of teens out of Texas who have caught doing something similar, so make sure to keep on clicking on the Ghost Village News section as more details are released. Perhaps the two biggest stories this week, however, have been the publishing of convincing ghost photos out of Rhode Island and a town outside Lincoln, England. The Rhode Island picture was convincing enough to slow down the workings of a local radio station out of East Providence. According to WPRI.com, a caller phoned into Light 105 and shared with them a picture she had taken from her cell phone of her young niece. The child clearly has an older woman standing behind her, although the caller claims no one else was in the room when the photo was shot. The picture is so clear it has to be staged fraud or something paranormal, and the debate has been raging for almost a week now. In addition to picking up the story, other media outlets have been hosting online debates and polls about the photo. And lastly tonight, according to a repeated report, who seems to have its original source in the Lincolnshire Echo, investigators appear to have captured an urban legend come to life on film. Sources say the spirit of a former member of the Women's Auxiliary Air Force of England has been haunting a base she served on 60 years ago. The woman died decades ago, and the base has since been closed, but that has not stopped people from seeing her spirit near the scene of the accident. Now, the Spalding Paranormal Investigation Team thinks they have captured her on camera. Through a thick cloud of smoke, something can be seen, but it is not immediately clear if it is the same figure who has been flagging down cars to ask for help with her injured boyfriend for more than 50 years. You can go to ghostvillage.com and click on the news section to see a link to the picture and judge for yourself. 
Thank you for listening in to the Haunted Headlines. That's all we have for this week. You can find out more about these stories and others by going to the news section of Ghost Village at www.ghostvillage.com backslash news. I'm Chris Balzano. They're creepy and they're kooky, mysterious and spooky. They all talk ugly kooky, the Parax family. The shows are paranormal, not stuffy but informal. The topics are abnormal, the Parax family. They're strange, deranged, unrestrained. So grab your favorite brew, it's time to rendezvous as we give awards to the Parax family. We are back. You are listening to Ghost Chronicles Live on Net and Pararex. Uh We are actually moving in September to an earlier hour. Yes, 7 p.m. What's that face for? Because I don't want to. Oh, wow. But we will also be broadcasting uh, simultaneously on... Simultaneously live on Pararex. On Pararex as well as uh, Net. Whatever. Anyways, we are talking with uh, Lane Crosby. Laney Crosby. Laney, Laney, Laney Crosby. <laughs> My job is getting more difficult by the minute. <laughs> and the number is 877-864-4869. That's 877-864-4869. Or join us live in the chat room if you have any questions for Laney or Very good. what's Very her good. face there or myself. Just what's her please face? Call in. So, Laney, oh, kiddo, you. Um. <laughs> Now, you, you are, do you do things separate from Mark as well? I do. Okay. I do. I just, um, he keeps me pretty busy. And yeah. I'm spending so much time with, um, you mean events I'm, I'm taking. I do a lot of a lot of work with police. And the police, right. Law enforcement. Right. And um, I do some lectures um, throughout the year and, um, by myself, but I'm spending so much time working on my book. And the kids take time to the home life. Yeah. Now, Lainey, I have to ask you. We, you know, we were off on this tangent. You started with this story because you were talking about your daughter, and you talked about something funny, and you said that you were talking out loud, and then we just totally interrupted you. We did. Thank you, Maureen. <laughs> yes. Could you please finish? Oh, where was I? Um, well, it was interesting because um, I heard a woman talking to me in my room, and it turned out. Um, well, like I said, you could read the story on my website at lanecrosby.com or investigativemedium.com um, under the book. But she told me some interesting things, and I have found out so much about her life and the life of the slaves here. And she told me that I have a slave cemetery in my backyard. No way. Yeah. The Dal- I went over it with dousing rods, but I ah. brought in any cadaver dogs or, or anything of the sort. Um, I talked to the archaeologists for the county, and they said it was probably in best place it can be because nobody is going to be fooling with this in your backyard. But um, I do have an amazing number of spirits in the backyard which we've caught on, on film, full-bodied. Um, I'm inclined to believe that. But mm-hmm. we found um, the names that she gave me and several of the names of slaves that I have met here in my house, um, found them in court records and records kept at mansion down the street. I live on an old plantation in a in a new house on an old 
transplantation. Oh, wow. That's that's, cool. That is cool. Yeah. So I love it here. They're they're friendly spirits. They help me out. They tell me when my kids are sick. They wake me up. I have many, many experiences here. Now, a a few years back, we had a a woman on our radio show, and uh, she wrote a book that says, don't call them ghosts or something. And it was about the ghost children of the something dance. And I, read, I read that book. Did you really? I did. I did. And, and it, it wasn't amazing how that those children were actually part of her family. Yes. You know, and I have a couple kids here, and I just feel that way. My, since my daughter can see them, she reads to one little girl here at night. Uh-huh. And, oh, that's uh, so sweet. They're um, they're very sweet children. In fact, one of them told me that her name was Annabelle, and I, I never could understand the last name. She just said Annabelle. And I asked her when she lived, and she said 1812, and that she was from Brookville. Well, Brookville is, is not too far from where I live in Maryland, and it's a tiny little town, a very historic town. It has some old slave cabins, old schools dating from the 1700s, and a very old cemetery. And I asked her if she, showed me, if she would show me where she was buried. And um, reluctantly, she said she would. It might make her sad, but she would do it. So um, I drove to one cemetery in Brookville. She said that wasn't it. So I drove to the next cemetery, and she said that she was buried in the back. So we drove to the very back, and there were a number of graves. There are, it was a large, well, it was large for a graveyard. I mean, it wasn't a huge, huge cemetery. But um, people had been buried there. From 1812, you know, on from the markers that we had seen, but there were several markers. There were several graves without markers, and we know this because a man in 1920 decided he'd clean up the graveyard and he would put um, concrete markers where other markers had stood before, but had were they weren't able to read them for some reason. Um, so she took me to a grave in the back, and she said, "This was my grave." One of these two, she said, she couldn't remember which. And we read in the history that there are bodies buried there mm-hmm. in the back, but nobody knows who they were, and they wondered if they were just Confederate soldiers who were put there. Um, just somebody dug them, you know, dug a whole place and buried them, but they, they have no idea. Right. Isabel said, you know, this is my grave. And so I said, okay. I was really sad that there was no tombstone. Um, there was nothing I could confirm that. So we started, I turned around and started walking back, and there was this large marker the, the old kind that looks kind of like the Washington Monument. Yeah. And it had inscribed on it, and I had to feel it. And it did say, I think it said the year 1817, and it said the name William. And down below it, the last name was Bell. So her name is Anna Bell. Bell is her last name. Oh. And that was the Bell family plot. And around them, there she was right in the middle of all the Bells. So it actually was oh. a confirmation after all. Oh, but okay. I'm going to ask you, ask you something else as well. Now uh, you mentioned you have children in your home. Mm-hmm. Now there are a lot of uh, people, special, uh, especially um, psychics and mediums out there, that say it is your responsibility to move these spirits on, and therefore you're really a, a horrible medium for not doing that. Well. If they want to go, I'm happy to help them. And this is, is kind of become this, this joke because my backyard fills up every few weeks. And um, <laughs> my daughter will come in and say, there are more here now. 
it's like word gets out that I'm the place to go to, and they'll wake up my daughter in the middle of the night and say, I need help, and she won't understand them, and she'll, they'll be reaching out to her, and she'll wake up and come downstairs and say, Mommy, there's somebody upstairs, and I'll say, what are you doing? And they said, well, they, they, whoever they are, um, said to come here that you could help us, and I couldn't see them, but my daughter could, so they right. went to my daughter. And this happens, I can't tell you how many times this happens, so I go out every couple of weeks and cross over, you know, another group that's made the pilgrimage. We laugh about it. I'm happy to help. But the ones who are here in the house, the little girl and her brother and the slaves, they will not go. I have tried over and over again. And See, a, a lot of people forget that they have free will just as they did in life. Exactly. They could go any time. I mean, they don't really need my help, although a lot of them are confused and don't understand really the process. But little like me. Um, <laughs> but what they tell me is that everybody they know is here, and they don't know what's not on the other side. Right. And I've talked all day long about, oh, but you can come back, and I promise you it's a good place. And they see countless others going, but they say, no, they're happy where they are. But And, I, you know, I've wondered if some of them have just gone and come back, like Mrs. Kitzmiller over at the Ghost of Gettysburg House, where, you know, next week they'll be... We'll have investigations there. <laughs> Over, but has come back. Yeah, you know, that's, that's, I'm, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Um, I'm just going to say that that's a good point because, and I think that that happens a lot too with you know our loved ones. I mean, maybe you know we don't know exactly what's going on right on the other side, but right. you know maybe they're given that opportunity because I know for me, if I have a chance to look over my kids and to you know it's infinity, right? Um, if you want to believe it. And the time is not the same. If I have a chance to look over my children and, and make sure they're safe or try to help them, guide them if I can, why wouldn't I? Exactly. And, I, so, you know, our parents and our great-grandparents and our great-great-grandparents, um, so many times they're still with us because they love us. Right. And I was, I was sitting on the stairs one night crying over my son. <laughs> it was, you know, he's just a little boy. He knows how to get on my nerves and, my kids were fighting that day or something, uh-huh. and I sat down, and I heard a voice say, you know, my son was just like yours, and I said, who are you? And she's like, I'm a grandmother of yours, and she told me her name, and um, she, I said, well, why would you still be here? And she said, I love you like you're my own daughter. You know, she has been around her daughter after she died, and her daughter's daughter, and her daughter's daughter's daughter, you know? Right. And she's always been there, so she feels really close, closer than our own relatives, because they're living, you know, in a different house and aren't with us all the time because they're leading their lives. But our loved ones who passed on can be with us all the time and any time they choose. So I, I looked up in the genealogical records, and sure enough, she was my great, great, great grandmother. Never heard her name before. Sarah Hale. So I mean, that's just one example of how they're still with us. And we're we're that's another message I want to get across: is we're linked to those we love on the other side. And that's kind so, of a tangent I was getting. They're not necessarily here all the time with us. But no, no. Right. But I, I think that when we think about them, they're accessible. Exactly. Right. Or maybe we have a time where we have, a, you know, I hate to say tragedy or something important bothering us. And, you know, like, for, my, for instance, my father's come back a few times in the last couple of years, and every time he's come back, it's been around the time my mother's been ill or something's happened. Right. Um, and he's right there. So I actually have a question, and I'm going to pose this to both of you. Um, some people have spirits around them, and they're not necessarily loved ones. They're just uh, attached to them for one particular reason or another. 
And I, I know this instance uh, where some people came to a house uh, that had no ghosts or spirits or whatever you want to call them. And after they left, there was one in the house. Mm-hmm. And there was actually a funny part about it. Is they brought a, 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 a priest friend of this came in and I said, yeah, you have a ghost. And really? And they should have chased the thing out. But anyways, so... Uh, the, the funny part about this, I mean, is, is that possible where spirits uh, can attach themselves to a particular person and then go someone else and decide to stay there rather than go back with that person? Or, I mean, is that is that possible in the realm that we're talking about? Well, do you want me to take this first, Maureen, or do you sure. want to go right ahead? <laughs> um, it is, and there are a couple different ways that you could mean that attachment. Um, you know, I have spirits who are with me to guide me, and they wouldn't stop and move into somebody else's house because they've been with me before, and they'll be right. with me again. Yep. But um, there is this one case where there was um, a spirit that um, kept attaching itself to my son in the house, and I kept getting rid of it, and he kept trying to get on me. And um, so he came up to Gettysburg with me one day, and Patty finally helped me get rid of him. But um, there can be those who do. And he just he didn't believe in the afterlife, um, but he knew I could hear him. And he liked knowing that I could hear him. And he used my energy to, um, to be able to yeah, manifest. I, I don't know. Yeah. But that, did, that didn't last very long because I knew he was there. He would just, I would get rid of him and then he would, you know, come back. But um, Patty Wilson is wonderful and she's, an exorcist and has worked with John Zappas, and um, he helped me understand how to bind them to um, another dimension. Did you ever run into a spirit that you couldn't move on? I mean, that was had no interest in moving on, didn't really care what you thought? Well, this particular one didn't care what I thought. He wasn't going to leave, but he was bothering me, so I had we had angels carry him away and bind him to another place. He didn't believe in God. He didn't want to move on to heaven. Right. Not leaving me. But there are so many times when spirits, there's one at the lady farm. Every time I go, we cross over men, and he will not go. He's, he's, he's afraid. He doesn't know what's there. Um, but it could be, like, literally shell shock, you know. Now, I actually had an interesting experience. when We did a, we did a, a ghost hunt, like we're going to be down at Gettysburg with you guys. And that was a, a place in Salem. In fact, Leslie uh, from the chat room was there with us, and we were doing uh, an, an exercise. And, and there were two, there were more than two, but the, there were two particular spirits in the house. One of them was really, really dominant, and then there was another one that was uh, afraid of this other spirit, and uh, actually was communicating with with me. And um, when the other spirit came in the room, she actually tried to to go through me. And I ended up being uh, bruised the next day, where, where she actually went through me. So that was it was kind of weird. But uh, we I've run into this before, where, where there seems to be a dominant spirit in a house, and not necessarily a good one all the time. It seems like it, it bullies the other ones almost. Have uh, you run into that at all? You no, know, I probably have. You know, there's just so many. I can't think of a specific instance to give you a story, but. Um, That's okay. There's, yeah. there's actually, you know, when you're talking about, um, you know, I, I have a few friends that have been doing in, uh, in the Spirit Light Network, right? 
and they talk about going and they will, um, you know, remove spirits from different homes. They get phone calls to go out and actually do do this. Now, one of the individuals uh, is is a shaman, and this is what he does, a shamanic work, which is fine. And which is interesting is he, he calls himself sometimes that he is a, um, a taxi cab. You know, he has spiritual taxi cabs. So he'll go to these places, and, you know, the way he does it is to him there's no negative, no really negativity or no evil and nothing bad. It's just all energy. But he states that the spirit needs to work through something, so he'll let it attach himself to him and help him move through it that way. Now, if that's what he wants to do, by all means, go right ahead, all the power to you. But, you know, to me, I don't think it's healthy to have attachments to you. Yeah, um, you know, name? Steve Wilson. Oh, well, I can't comment now. Thank you. What? All right, <laughs> moving right along. I didn't mention his name, but I yeah, think you, you wanted me to. I just no. did now. <laughs> um, but oh. the whole point is, I mean, that's fine, and that's his choice, right? That's Again, that's free will. Um, you know, do we always know? Do they know that they're having someone clear out the space? Do they even know it's working? Who knows? You know, is there validation later? No one can say one way or another. You know, unless, but the people seem to have, could have problems again after. I mean, I think with free will going on, there's a lot of choice to it as well. Even though you think you're doing the right thing and you're helping someone move on, that's not always the case. Right. And I I think in that instance where the person would be like that, what I would choose to do is, um, I I think prayer, Mm -hmm. I really think prayer is, uh, accomplishes so much. Right. Everything can be done through prayer. And I would just pray for that spirit and have other spirits help him be able to do that. Because once he's crossed over, he doesn't have to attach somebody in this world to live vicariously or by proxy, you know, um, to be able to work through problems. He can work through those on the other side. Right. And if we can get angels to help him with that crossing over, then he can still reach his, his goals as a soul. Now, well, wait a minute. I, I've got to because she brought this up. I have to. I have to ask this because this is a very heated discussion between uh, Richard Felix and myself. Uh, it, you said that uh, you used prayer to move on. Uh, Richard says that if the spirit didn't believe in God or anything else, then uh, it's useless. And uh, I was wondering what your thought is on that. Well, I think it's uh, you know it goes back to perception. It all has to do with. Our perception, and if we if we don't believe in God, then there is no other side to go to. Um, if so, and the spirits that I've talked to who didn't believe in God, they refused to go because they didn't see you know where they're going. It wasn't going to work. But if they did believe in God, or I could convince them, you know, that God is not the angry God of hellfire and damnation that they were told in the 1700s, right. then they'll move on. You know, and it's all about changing that perception because we have the power to do everything it's within us so we can move on but we have to make that choice you know and if we don't that was a divine message i believe (laughs) (laughs) or somebody saying you've said enough (laughs) no 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 you know uh, a lot of people get turned off by the uh the god topic uh when uh, we discuss it on the show or something. I, I, I know that. But uh, you know what? It's part of what we do. And it, it, you, in order to understand it, you have to uh, you know, look at all sides of it. I mean, one, one of the things that, that Richard uh, brought up, uh, 
if the you know God created this, then who created God? You right. know, and then you say you can always say, well, who created the creator of the created God? I mean, it can't. It's, it's the chicken it's, and the egg. I mean, well, no, you know, no, it's not. Chicken, it's not even chicken and egg. It's just more. Uh, well, what came first? You know, is it, God. It, it, it isn't even what. What what came for us? Yeah, it, it, yeah. What came at all? How right, did it right. come at all? Right. You have to accept some things right. on faith alone. Yeah, and uh, you know, and I I don't mean to be preachy when I say this, but when you're in as deep as we are in the paranormal, you have to be protected, and you oh, yeah. have to use prayer for protection. There's just and you know, I've seen those who don't, and I've tried to help those who didn't, and who've gotten attachments and. Um, you know, demonic, uh, demonic things happening to them, and you know, it's just <laughs> it's, it's scary. I believe in the higher power. It is, and there is a bad. There's also a good. You know, and um, it would be one thing if this were faith, but for me, it's no longer faith. It's experience. I've right. come out of some pretty precarious situations before because I've called on angels to actually get me out of exorcism. So. You know, I know it's there, and I'm not preaching about it. It's just a fact, you know. I mean, we call on Archangel Michael so many times, you know, all the time when we do investigations. Absolutely. I mean, I mean if you always when our book our book is coming out in less than 20 days, and oh, you, you're going to see a, a lot of cool things in it uh, of how we started working together, and it's it's written in both our perspectives. It's kind of cool. I, right. I really think that's the key to the whole book. It's it's really never had a book that's written like this before, and it's not like just you know the yin and the yang. It's 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 growth, it's development right. between her and myself, uh, the battles and everything. It's kind of neat. I I really that's great. Yeah. So a lot of that you'll see in our book, anyways. So uh, actually, we have a question from the chat room. which says uh, sometimes you aren't aware of attachments. Do you believe in that? Yeah, if you have uh, psychic ability or are a medium, are there times you aren't uh, aware of attachments? Are there times that I am not aware of attachments? Yeah. Or um, someone else? Is it possible that someone else would not be aware that they're oh, there? Oh, yeah. That's, that's not, not necessarily even... Lainey, because Lainey yeah. would, would pick up on the fact that someone's there. That's not what I'm asking. I ask if she would, it, but uh, anybody who's not medium is not going to know there's no attachments. I mean, that's, that's like, ludicrous, actually. No, it's, it's not. Yeah, it is. If you're not if you're not a medium, how are you going to know you have attachment to you? Well, I'll tell you one way um, that uh, when my here's an example: when my mother died, I was so heartbroken. Yeah, she was my best friend, and I was just torn up, and I would cry, and I and I remember sitting down one day crying, and I couldn't get out of bed. And I heard my mother clearly sort of give me a kick in the butt. And she said, get up, and you have your children to take care of and stop crying over me. You know, now you're the mommy. And I did, and I went to, um, but, I, but I still felt this overwhelming sadness. It would just come on me out of the blue. And it was then that I realized, after really trying hard not to let myself surrender to this, this sadness, this, this pain, and telling myself, I'm not going to cry, I'm going to get up. But I still felt it there, and I realized it was an attachment to me. And, you know, like you say, positive thoughts, you know, thoughts are things, and positivity creates more positive things to happen to you, and the same with negativity. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I think it's the same with all emotions. My sadness and um, everything that was going on drew 
sort of an in, inanimate spirit of um, that didn't have any cognitive abilities. It was really just the spirit of pain and, and suffering, and it just weighed heavily on me. And that right, was, that's like yeah. I mean, Maureen showed showed me about uh, taught me all about science. I mean, that's the same thing. If you don't know, though, you don't you you aren't aware of them, then can't see them or you can't get them. So I think it's the same way with, with the attachment. If you, you you have no ability, you're not aware that, you know, maybe there's reason why all stuff's going down in the shitter. Oop, did I say that? Yep, you did. Oops. <laughs> Anyways, Lainey, we actually are running out of time. Uh, we want to thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, your websites once again, please. Lane Crosby, that's L-A-I-N-E-C-R-O-S-B-Y dot com and Ghost channel.tv and ghosttalkers.net, our talk show by Talk Show with Martin. We should do something with that ghost channel. That would be kind of fun, huh? It would be. Definitely. We want to have your show. We'll talk about it. Thank you. Oh, cool. (laughs) Uh, There's there's a lot of it. Well, uh, it seems to be a trend. I know that uh, John Zappa started his own now, and I think someone else has one. But Mark was one of the first, as far as I know, you and Mark. Yes, we did. We've been doing this for a couple of years now. It's going to be a, um, hard to catch up. We've got hundreds of movies and videos and bloopers from um, great producers all over the country. And this is not stuff that's just, you know, no rights out in the public. This is real stuff that producers have produced that is hysterical, some of it. Cool. Really got to go check out the blooper section. Ooh. A lot of good stuff on there. All right, so uh, we want to thank you once again for coming on the show, and we look forward to meeting with you, meeting you again uh, next week. Uh, oh, by the way, you know, you, you, last time we were there, you did the uh, Daniel Lady Farm with uh, Maureen. Yes. Yeah, and she, Maureen had a little problem. Hey. <laughs> I know. You we don't know, want to have that problem again. I actually, I actually, I actually, uh, that's how I started this. Remember when I went off in a rant? Uh, I was talking to Carol Nesbitt. She said. Uh, uh, we were going to go to the cash down end as well, and I said, well, don't worry about Maureen. I would bring duct tape. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, I lost my voice, if you want to, for at least like a week almost. Oh, well, no. well, 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 well. Well, Mark's not mad at me. I've crossed over so many in the house now. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> All right, Lainey, we're going to say goodnight to you. Good night, Lainey. Good night. Thank yeah. you so much. Thanks yes. for having me. This has been fun. Oh, it was a lot of fun. Bye-bye. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Oh, she's cool. She is I'm great. looking forward to seeing you again. I, I saw you put down October 11th, but October 11th is not conquered in. No, it isn't. September All right, guys, 11th. ignore me. Oh, my God. September 11th. <laughs> uh, they were, and someone in the chat room was asking about book signings. We have quite a few actually set up. Uh, I know we're doing it at the Concord Inn. We're doing it at Barnes & Noble. Uh, we'll be doing it at Circles of Wisdom in Andover. Yep, September 23rd. That I remember. There you go. And... Uh, <laughs> There'll be a few other ones. There, there are a few others, yeah. but we just need to get the dates written down somewhere. That would be a good idea. Yeah. Because I can't even remember them now. So anyways, we want to thank all our listeners for tuning in and putting up with our dribble travel. Travel, <laughs> dribble. What is it? Dribble, travel, dribble, whatever. Whatever. Anyways. But anyway, thank you guys and, for hanging out with uh, us. Uh, oh, if you guys want to see uh, Mark Nesbitt, uh, he will be in Lowell on next Tuesday at the Worthen restaurant. Uh, tickets are still available. I will also be there talking about the ghosts of the world. Oh, very cool. So, I guess it's time to say good night and God, God bless. bless everyone. Night. 
goalies to ghosties, long legged beasties, things that go bump in the night. Deliver us 